A proud member of the Earglue Media family of podcasts. You're listening to Bad Gamers Anonymous, a podcast dedicated to helping gamers not suck. Our two-step programs of suck up and get good will help even the worst of gamers just be bad. We review the latest video game titles, cover the latest news, and discuss issues that affect gamers. Here are your hosts of Bad Gamers Anonymous, Bad Gamer Jason, Bad Gamer Joe, and Bad Gamer Crowley. Get good, scrubs. Welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous. I am your host, Mr. Crowley. Joining me this week, like they do every week, it's Jason and Joe. Jason, welcome back to the show. Hey, you Crowley. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Did somebody piss in your Cheerios? God, I hope not. I hope not, too. He's just, I don't know. Uh, and Joe, Joe, welcome back to the show. Glad to be here. Wow, you really are peppy as all get out, aren't you? Yeah, it happens once in a while. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, in the last 35 seconds, everyone, uh, Joe has taken an upper. So <laughs> we'll see how long this lasts. Children at home don't take drugs. Drugs are bad, okay? Uh, let's just do a little housekeeping. Uh, this is, uh, episode 82 nights of the old Republic one and two is what we're calling this. Uh, that's right. It's our last show and our road to celebration. Uh, celebration is ending today. Uh, as this episode releases, uh, it was a great time. Uh, Joe and I, uh, got along famously. He did not injure me at all. Uh, he did not, he did not uh, hit me. Uh, touch me inappropriately. Uh, he did not hit on me, uh, nor did he hit around me. So it was this, great. This is how everyone knows you're lying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're giving too much detail and all of that is never going to be true. <laughs> I don't, but I want it to be true. So let's just make that happen. Yeah, no, we're recording this. It's April 7th uh, at, you know, around seven o'clock central, um, whatever that is, wherever you're at. doesn't matter. But maybe you remember what you were doing while we were doing this, and then that's kind of cool because you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Maybe you were watching WrestleMania because that's right. I am not watching WrestleMania. I am doing this show with these two yahoos. You're welcome oh, yeah, for saving that's you tonight, from that. isn't it? I, how is that saving me from anything? I want to yeah. watch WrestleMania. This is the first WrestleMania with a, uh, a woman's uh, title that's main eventing. Nobody still, really? It's, it's still wrestling. I mean, Man, so uh, you guys just don't. That's right. It is wrestling. It's whatever. just a sport. Never watched it once. That's a sad. Jason, have you at least watched it? I used to watch it as a kid. Yeah. Is that a. Are you trying to insult me because I'm not a child and I watch no, it? No. You asked I think me it was when just I a watched statement wrestling. Effect. I used to watch wrestling as a kid. <laughs> that's just when I watched it. <laughs> Good God. Jason, what do you played this week that you I think am, you might play? And uh, if you say Simpsons tapped out. Well, I might tap yeah. out. No, I'm going to say Simpsons tapped out because I play that every day. Um, I also played Knights of the Old Republic 1. Um, I touched on Knights of the Old Republic 2 just to see how it looked and, and felt and played. And then I also stumbled across a, a game called Van, Man vs. Missiles. And it's not that great. I'd go ahead and pass on that. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Kind of sounds Before, all right, though. I would yeah, try right? that. That's like a great title, man versus missile. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I picked it up. I mean, it looks good. It just doesn't play very well, and there's ads all the time. Huh. Well, that sounds like every mobile game. Joe, what have you been playing? 
Uh, well, there's for sure this week I will have been playing more Bullet Hell Monday and Elder Scrolls Blades. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to get into, but I'm going to bring my Switch on the airplane, uh, play something. I thought you were going to play Final Fantasy VII on the Switch. I will play Final Fantasy VII on the Switch, but I don't know that I'm going to get a whole lot of that done in on my one and a half hour flight. Is it really only an hour and a half? Eh, it's like Maybe it's like two hours, something like that. It's like a three and a half hour drive for me. And then I got to sit and wait for airplanes in like a cell. Like, okay, so here in Iowa, you know what? Nobody cares. We don't have cell phone parking lots. At our airports, you just keep circling the airport. You mean the it field? It sucks. Yeah, the, the cornfields. The cornfield where all the meth, meth is made, yes. Uh, just real quick, <laughs> uh, new episode of Sadus uh, this week is uh, Firefly there, uh, Jason? It's Firefly. Yeah, um, you should go check that out. I'm on it. Uh, Rob's on it. Jason's obviously on it, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, you should check that out. Uh, which episode is that? The is it the the second one? Yeah, uh, this week um, on Wednesday, the the second uh, episode of Firefly that we're reviewing is going to drop. It's Trainwreck and uh, the the third episode of Firefly. I can't remember the title. Right, and then the the episode that's out right now in the future where we're not because we're in the past. Think about that is the Serenity episode, right? right? Which is not the movie. It is the pilot episode of Firefly. Right. Yeah. Yes. The, the yeah. Serenity titled pilot that they aired whenever it was on TV in the middle of the season. Yeah. We don't need to quabble about that. Shut up. So. <laughs> oh, I hate you. You'll, you'll have to listen to Sadis uh, to, to figure that out. Smoking and Drinking in Space uh, is on the Earglue Media Network, just like uh, this podcast that you're listening to now. That was the worst plug of all time. Uh, but if you go to irglumedia.com, it's not. It's awesome. And you can check out all of our lovely podcasts there, including all of the content catch up from Star Wars Celebration. I'm sure uh, that uh, uh, Albert and, and, and Jonesy and Mike and whoever else they decide to have on have kept you up to date. So irglumedia.com, check it out. Uh, you can also go to the Discord, just irglumedia.com forward slash Discord and join the Discord. Come, we were talking, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, we were talking about what games we were going to play while we were there. Board games and somehow Naked Twister and Strip, strip Poker, poker came up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I kind of stumbled on guys, conversation. Oh, I, I stumbled right back out of it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can blame Mike for that. And me. The only news piece, because at this point, by the time you hear this, the news is probably going to be outdated anyway. The only thing that I really want to mention is I saw an article. And it's not even really worth mentioning because it came out of 4chan. Why are is you that looking Red through 4chan? No, I'm not looking through 4chan. It was an article about a rumor from 4chan. I suppose I should probably make that clear. I don't I don't frequent 4chan or 8chan or 16chan or 32chan. Uh, apparently, every time you double it, it just gets worse. Uh, regardless, uh, the, there was a rumor that Epic is going to have Red Dead Redemption 2 on PC exclusively. Mm, I'm going to say that's still a rumor. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's still a rumor. Yeah, oh. I saw a rumor out of 4chan also that claimed that they were going to be releasing uh, Red Dead in full on Switch 2. So... Why are you that, two trolling through 4chan? I, I don't get it. I wasn't this. on 4 I was actually, I was yeah. actually on Reddit. 
and saw it there. But. Okay. Well, that's that makes more sense. You read a rumor on Reddit that came from 4chan. If you, yeah. if you yes. frame it like that, people don't think you're a creep. Wait, so you have people to be a gonna, creep to People are going to think Crowley is a creep either way. No, they think I'm a dick. <laughs> Both. Not a creep. There's a, there's a difference between a dick and a creep. And I'm just a dick. There's a lot of quiet agreements going on here. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why neither one of you can, like, you know, any new, any new co-host. That's all there is to uh, I will, Also, I will mention one other thing, one bit of news that we didn't talk about on last week's episode, and we probably could have, is Sony is uh, starting a digital purchase return program for PS4. But you can return your digital purchases now? So only sort of. It's a pretty weak program, but it works on pre-orders as well. The game cannot have been installed. But if you buy it, like say you pre-order a game, you have 14 days after the game comes out to return it as long as you don't install it. Yeah, so, but if you play it, that's it. You're right. done. So if you pre-order a game and wait on the reviews before you install it and it turns out to be garbage, you can send it back. So I can't get rid of Bounty Hunter? No. Unfortunately, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Oddly and I enough, can't get rid of Kingdom Hearts, so... In, in the last 30 days, Bounty Hunter is the highest listened-to episode that we have. So be thankful for that, gentlemen. Be very thankful for Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Now, let's review Knights of the Old Republic and Knights of the Old Republic 2 uh, as we complete our series, Road to Celebration. Man, I hope that's the last time I have to do that. Me too. Except when I wake you up. All I, week long. I'm going to give you the single worst nut shot of your entire life when you do that. <laughs> well, and then when you're on the ground re- crying, I'm going to give you the single worst purple nurple you've ever had to compliment <laughs> it. I'm so I glad I'm pur- staying in my own room. Right? Like, I feel like I need to get in my own hotel room now, too. I feel like I'm going to be sexually harassed by Joe the whole time. And it's not in a good way. Uh, here's the lowdown on uh, Knights of the Old Republic. And God, just moving on. We're moving on to KOTOR. Um, that's that's what you call throwback from last week, folks. Uh, or last night, depending on your perspective. Where you are in the space-time continuum here. Yes. Perfect. Uh, uh, thanks to Joe for putting these show notes together. Uh, this was released in 2003. It was developed by BioWare on an Odyssey engine and published by LucasArts. And that's pretty much all the info you need to know about... Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, the story is where this is at. And yeah, I, man. The story, in the, the story in KOTOR is great. Yeah, it is. And I'm going to jump around these show notes a little bit, guys. So bear bear with me. I want to try to hit all of the things. But the first thing I want to talk about is the mechanics. Because the mechanics to me, I mean, the story is amazing. We're going to get to that. And I think the story is what puts this game where it's at in the annals. There's an annals. Annals of video game history. But I want to talk about the mechanics because I think the mechanics are a little bit different, especially from what we see now. I don't. Can either of you two think of a uh, uh, of like a, a role playing game that stops time so that you can make choices? Sure. In combat. Sure. Um, so all of the older D and D games or D and D based games did this. So uh, Bioware also did Baldur's Gate, um, and it did this same mechanic. Uh, Baldur's Gate 2 did the same mechanic. Neverwinter Nights did it. Um, so a lot of those, you know, isometric third-person uh, RPGs did this. Yeah, uh, the Dragon's Age games also out of Bioware had this. I've never right. played a Dragon's Age game. 
The first one was out? so good. Yeah, really great. Uh, so when, when you're comparing RPGs, like for me personally, I always compare them to Final Fantasy. And so like it's kind of the same thing where you, you have time to make your choice on what you're going to do during combat, but it doesn't seem like time has stopped. And with KOTOR, it seems like time has stopped. Like there's no movement on the screen. Nobody's jumping around. Uh, and, and for me now, I don't know why that, that, that it was game breaking. It was immersion breaking. Well, you, but I remember loving it when it first came out. Well, you, you can, can disable turn that. that off. Yeah, that's just a feature of the game. It's not a it's not a mandatory mechanic. And you can also pause and unpause a game at will with the spacebar. It's uh, it's not really turn based so much like you would get with a Final Fantasy. Uh, but it does give you the option to auto pause or to manually pause if you want to think and strategize, which is helpful when you're trying to control if you are trying to get granular enough and control all three of your party members. Yeah, or if you get rushed and, and have a lot of enemies that you're trying to control at the same time. If you're trying to control the flow of battle uh, on multiple fronts, the pausing and stacking up commands uh, helps with that. Yeah, I was actually surprised at how much how much I missed that gameplay mechanic when I got back to it in this. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I've I've been enjoying it a lot too. So I'm the only one, I'm the a-hole that doesn't doesn't like this. You can mechanic. stop there. I, you know, <laughs> right, full stop. Period. <laughs> end of sentence. I got gotcha. you. I understand that. I am the a-hole. Uh, but I'm I, I'm yeah. the only guy here that that thinks this mechanic doesn't hold up now. Well, I mean, yeah, but like we said, you can disable that. So, I mean, you can go full real-time uh, RPG on this if you want. Okay. I just don't think, I just don't think it would be as good. I, I think I think I'd be interested to see how you felt about it if you went and disabled that and just played it without the pausing. Um, I think you would quickly come back to it. I, I probably would because I remember how much it, it, it helped. Um. And it certainly helped this time around. Again, like you've said, if you're, you know, multiple enemies on multiple fronts, like it, it really helps you strategize, think things out, kind of figure out what you're going to do next. And I mean, when you've got two or three people on the screen that you've got to give commands to, you know, having that pause helps out. And then you can choose different enemies, like have one person focus one, another focus person focus another so on and so forth and it, it helps out um so let's talk about dialogue choices because like so it was very D D, right it was very you you have the opportunity to make you know to choose your own path so to speak i mean it was still very much on rails and you were either gonna go light side or dark side i don't remember there wasn't an in-between it was just light side dark yeah, side just layer dark. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much this was used before. I mean, my experience with games when these were coming out was pretty like console limited. I was still pretty young, and I hadn't explored a lot of these bigger RPGs at this point. So I don't know if this was a thing that was used much before this. But I remember being blown away that like my choices in the dialogue made an actual difference in the game when I played this the first time. It wasn't a, I mean, it was just a light or dark difference, but at the end of the game, that actually changes the story. Yeah, the Baldur's Gate series was similar. Uh, the dialogue choices that you uh, 
uh, made during that game would also kind of shape the story that progressed in front of you. In fact, if you made the wrong decision, some of those story arcs never even revealed themselves to you. So, um, and, and again, this is a that was a, a Bioware developed game, so they're they're kind of on the the innovative forefront of, of that kind of gameplay. Yeah, and their dialogue, your your choices affected how your companions, your your the people in your party, would react to you, mm-hmm. which I absolutely love. Now I don't, I'm guessing both of you Yahoos went light side every time you play this. No, not every time. I did I, this time, but I went both. I've gone both ways in this game. Yeah, I've gone both. I've ways. heard that about you, Joe. <laughs> You're gonna find out for a sand bud. Oh my god, no. <laughs> No. no, on this playthrough, I was actually going dark side. So, yeah. Uh, so, the reason that I've always gone dark side when I play this game, I don't think I've ever done a playthrough of light side because I just, that to me, it's not nearly as fun. HK47. Right. I mean, you don't, like, you don't have to go dark side to play with HK47, though. No, no, I understand that, but he just reacts to you better if you're dark side. Uh, kind of, and I always, I just, I, 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 I can relate to somebody who calls everybody a meatbag. Meatbag, yeah. Love. I yeah, mean, HK forty seven is one of my favorite characters in this game. Um, the the dialogue. Honestly, I think he's one of my favorite characters of all time in any video game. <laughs> he's a great character. He's really good. And yeah. the the way they they wrote his dialogue, I mean, he's he's witty and yeah, it it fit the character really well. So he. I used to have him in my party all the time just because I wanted to hear him talk and react to people that I talked to. Yes, absolutely. So let's talk about, let's get into the story. We'll come back to some of the other mechanics, but let's, let's talk about the story because we've, we've brought up companions and you have several companions to choose from in this game, uh, including the likes of uh, Bastila, Oh, Jedi Knight Bastila Shan. Mm. <laughs> uh, there was a Wookiee and the HK-47 was awesome. Uh, and you had uh, Karthanasi and yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, Mission Val. Uh, I pretty much yeah. stopped using him as soon as I have somebody else to use. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah, and Mission, no- Mission the uh, Twilight. Is it Vale? Val? I don't know. Mission Val, yeah. 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 Um, uh, Zalbar. The Wookiee. The Wookiee. Uh, I never used the utility droid. droid. Yeah, I I never, like, I just didn't care. The rest of them, like, it didn't matter. As long as you had HK-47 and Bastila, that's really all you needed. I used Jolie Bendo quite a bit just because I liked having a second Jedi in the group. Um, but And this is interesting because he was a gray Jedi. And I think this was, like, the first time in Star Wars lore and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong but I think this was the first time that we really heard about a gray Jedi I think you know as me and my friends would get together and discuss things like this we kind of you know thought about gray Jedi I I can't remember when the new Jedi order came out if it was before or after this game they may have mentioned Great Jedi in in that series, but I can't remember when exactly yeah, I couldn't, came out. I couldn't with confidence say where the first time we saw that was, but this is definitely early. Right. That. Yeah, and it was so for me. It was very, um, I don't know, like it just it stuck with me for years 
the idea of a great Jedi and, and how this they fleshed it out with this story, I thought was was pretty good. And it makes um, sense. It, it it makes sense in the in the lore that they had back then. Of course, they've changed it all now. None of this is canon now. Um, is is none of this canon? I thought some of the old republic was well. Canon. Yeah, they're bringing some of the old republic back into canon, but I don't think I don't think any of this game is. I I, I still they, don't even think Revan is is canon. Yeah, they they decanonized all of this stuff, and then they have made mention to some of these characters since, but they haven't made any of the events canon. I don't think. Right. Okay, so we'll get we'll we'll kind of we'll get to the story, I guess. I, I don't know, like so. Who did you guys want to play with the most out of all of your companions? Like, who did you want in your party all the time? Um, I usually had Jolie Bendo and HK-47. Joe? I, I usually went with HK-47 and Bastila. Yeah. Oh, she's so... Oh. <laughs> well, and we'll get to her. We'll get to her daughter here shortly. I think it was her daughter. I don't know. Eventually we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, so do we want to talk about like the, do we want to talk about the story now? So this, this takes place 4,000 years before the galactic empire takes over. Right. So this is quite a ways before even the phantom menace. Yeah. Way, yeah. Way before that. And they, yeah. And LucasArts told them you can make an episode two game or you can go way back in the past. And Bioware decided to go way back in the past because they'd have they made more the right creative choice. freedom to, to yeah. do their game. And yeah, they made the, they made the absolute right choice because they would have been so restricted if they had gone with episode two, then, you know, because all of those events are locked into place, right? The, the, the movie movie hadn't quite come out yet. I think this was, this happened between um, the Phantom Menace and, and the second movie. So they would have been locked into that story, and and this way they're able to kind of shape the history of of Star Wars, right? Without conflicting with canon, right? And, and they still like they still are like, yeah, no, this isn't canon anymore. Yeah, well, that like everything that wasn't the movies kind of got not canoned when Disney bought took over. <laughs> kind of not canoned. Not canoned. Right. Uh, I think that's the technical term. They had that a is not one hundred percent the technical term. Yeah, they it, had a not canon group that went around going not canon, not canon, not canon. Not canon. Not canon. I mean, Probably that with post-it notes. Pretty much exactly <laughs> how it went. Yeah, that was it. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I'm really glad they went with this decision. Uh, anybody who's been in the Discord and seen us talk about it knows that I am like a broken record saying all I want is more content in the Old Republic era. I'm, I'm, I love the stuff we have, but I'm really sick of the Rebellion era. You know, I want to go back and see the beginning, and like that's one of the reasons why I love these games so much. And, and we'll 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 get to it. I think hopefully, if we have time, uh, with uh, Swotor, we'll talk about Star Wars: The Old Republic, the MMO. Uh, but I really like the idea of a a race of Sith. Yes, I really uh, that 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 started it all. And, and I mean, this this game is how this this all of these things came to fruition. This was the catalyst for all of this. And the reason it was a catalyst is for the story. So let's kind of dive into that. So 4,000 years before the Galactic Empire, uh, a, a former Jedi, Darth Malak, uh, he, he he wants to take over the Republic. So yeah. he, he's, he was he was Darth Revan's apprentice. Right. Yes. And that's an important thing to know for this story. Right. Yeah. Well, that was the big twist of this story, right? Like, I, 
I think everybody knows it by now. So I mean, we, we're spoiler alert. We're we're gonna just spoil the crap. We're gonna out spoil, of this. We're gonna spoil game. it. Yeah, an eighteen-year-old game. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what happened was Malik, in the tradition of the Sith, wanted to usurp his master and take over. Uh, so he basically lit up his ship, and then um, Bastila was what happened to be on Revan's ship whenever it got blown up. Was able to save Revan. And then they wiped out his memories. And so you're actually playing as Revan during this game. Yeah. And there's, right. so the whole time you're playing, which the first time I played through this game, I mean, I was young and not super astute and just kind of playing through it, but I never picked up on uh, the foreshadowing and how many people act like they've seen you before, don't trust you, uh, want to know how you got so to be so old without... Um, the Jedi finding you and training you because you have so much force power. Like there's, there's a lot of things pointing at you used to be somebody that you, I didn't pick up on until after I'd played through it the first time. Mm, yeah. Yeah. They did a really good job. I mean, at least for, I mean, cause again, I don't think, can you think of a video game where the story had this big of an impact on people before this? No, no, I don't think I can. Nothing comes to mind immediately, no. Right. So like, they did a really good job of not only hiding it in plain sight, but like this, it's a huge plot twist that he's, you're the, like, obviously you're the protagonist, but like, you're the guy, you're the guy. Yeah. I mean, they did, they did a great job. It's a great story and it was executed really well. Yeah, I mean the, the the fact that they had to write all of the dialogue trees to to support this this uh, this story and this twist ending without really giving it away uh, was a massive effort. I mean, what I remember whenever I first played it, I kind of caught on probably about two thirds, maybe three quarters of the way through the game. I was like, okay, so they're mentioning Revan a lot, and there's there's a lot of people that are kind of recognizing me. So I th I think I might be either Revan or somewhat related to Revan, but um, it wasn't a tour. It wasn't until, you know, your, your final battle with Malik that, um, that it, it really sealed the deal, but they did it. They did a good job of foreshadowing without, without giving away the, the plot plot reveal. Right. So uh, Malik, or actually it, it was his uh, Alec and, and uh, Revan, they were both Jedi and they were sent to find the Starforge, which is this giant ship that creates smaller ships for war. If I, am I remembering that right? I think that's what it is. And when they find it, they're turned to the dark side. And I don't remember if they ever say what turned them. It was and that, they become that Sith. Was it the emperor? The Sith emperor yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So the Sith emperor turns them which the Sith Emperor plays a huge role in Star Wars The Old Republic, and he's changed a handful of times as well. His character has. They've changed who he is and what he can do and whatnot, but I like the original uh, idea of what he was. But So they were Jedi turned by the uh, Emperor, the Sith Emperor, uh, into uh, obviously you know Sith Lords, Darth Malak, Darth Revan, and they want to bring the Starforge now back to the Republic uh, and, and like... Like Joe and Jason explain, Bastila finds Revan, wipes his memory, and, and you know, this is now you're all caught up. <laughs> so 
you play this whole game, you go through and you, you're, you're trying to figure out who you are and why you're there. And the big reveal at the end is just fantastic. And I, that this story, like if you two, like, I'm just going to put you on the spot. If you had to rate this story in the annals of gaming history, where would you put it? Oh, it'd definitely be up there towards the top. I mean, this is one of the better stories in gaming. Um, I mean, ever really. Um, yeah trying to think of you know comparable stories that that really moved the the goalpost or moved the ball in terms of storytelling and gaming and and we didn't move the goalpost (laughs) (laughs) sorry oh gosh um so but yeah um i'm trying to think go ahead joe's just sitting there like i hate both of you yeah, I don't. I don't know that there's any anything out there, Joe. Can you think of anything like is like I mean, where would you rate this? I mean, this would be way towards the top, if not the top. I mean, this is one of the only video game stories that comes to mind, if not the only video game story that comes to mind, whenever the discussion comes up of when you what game you would like to see turned into a movie. Like the story yes. in this game would be fantastic in any number of mediums to to absorb, uh, and that's not something you can say about most games. Yeah, I, I I would agree. I would agree. This this story uh, for me anyway, my is num- my number one story in video games. I like I, I really like the Final Fantasy VII story a lot, which I know a lot of people did. Uh, but this one this one is is number one for me. Let's talk quickly. We'll just talk about graphics. Um, did it hold up for you too, Joe? Yeah, Jason. I, I don't care whichever one wants to go first. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought they looked good. I mean. Looking back at what we had for for graphics, circa two thousand three. I mean, I think, um, like the two thousand five Battlefront two looked a little better, but that was also allowed you to scale up resolution all the way to very current uh, resolutions. I think that helped it a lot. Um, this wasn't it wasn't amazing, but I thought it looked really good. There was some jankiness in the environments and the character models moved a little funny and had like awkward elbows and their faces weren't great. But <laughs> but uh I think it I think it looked pretty good. I got I kept getting stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes if your companion was in the wrong yeah. spot, you couldn't get past them. Yeah. Yeah, like I couldn't move. I, I would have to change to my companion and then start moving around and I couldn't then when I would oh. change back I still couldn't move until no, so after another battle. That's a bug in the PC version right now where your your main character What do you just mean freezes. right now this game's been up since 2003. <laughs> well no, I mean but it's it's in the it's in the whatever the last version of the PC game that they released was. I looked cause I looked into this. If you just what I was doing was just quick save and quick load and if you quick load it goes away. It's just a, a weird bug where you're after combat your character yeah. gets stuck. That's just stupid. That's just. Dumb. I, can't, I can't really fault the game because it wasn't like that in. in no, its, I played this on Xbox. Right? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like that in its original release. That is just a. It got ported, ported to Steam and re-released, and whatever lazy re-release they did did not solve that. So I remember buying this game. I, I, this is why I bought the Xbox was this game. I worked at Best Buy at the time. I was a manager and. I took the week off of work. I bought an Xbox and I played this game all the way through twice because I was that excited for it. I I had pre-ordered this game and I played it 
and I actually had a friend who didn't have an Xbox but wanted to play the game. Um, but I wasn't going to loan him my Xbox because I was playing the game. So he had me record my gameplay onto a VCR <laughs> tape so he could watch <laughs> gameplay of the Jason, game. Jason, you need to, I'm telling you right now, you need to sue YouTube. You were the original YouTube game gaming guy. Yeah, or Twitch. Yeah, I did the first Twitch yeah. stream. <laughs> You're it. Before before there were 4 billion people searching video games on YouTube, there was Jason. It was me. Uh, let's talk about voice acting really quick. Uh, I know that Joe thinks it's hit and miss. I thought this the voice acting was pretty well done because it had to be pretty well done just because of the dialogue and the choices that you were given and how you interacted with uh, the other characters and how they interacted with you. Yeah, I don't think it was up to today's standards, but I thought it was really good. There were definitely some less important characters that you dealt with that were not great. And that was where I found the misses. <laughs> uh, but the majority whatever, of, like, especially the main characters were really well done. Whatever you say, Meatbag. Uh, <laughs> Jason, what about you? I, I kind of agree with Joe. I think all the main characters and all of the main NPCs had a really good job. I think some of the, you know, the non-main PC NPCs that you come across that are just there for basically dungeon dressing, I think they probably phoned it in. I think that was probably one of those things that they had, you know, developers working as as multiple characters on the back end just to save money. Okay. Yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, the music was very, very good. They couldn't take it from the movies because this was a completely different era, right? Right. Right. And you, they nailed it. You still get some tones from from the movies, from the movie yeah, music. There's definitely inspirations from them. Uh, but, I mean, this is, but this is like the first games we've touched in all of these Road to Celebration. Uh, you, you did it wrong. No, I did it right. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the road the, the, to celebration. <laughs> there, uh, this is like the first games we touched. It weren't basically just playing the, the movie soundtracks, and I really liked the music a lot. Yeah, I thought the yeah, I did too. I thought the music did a good good job of setting the mood. So, yeah, let's rate this game. Uh, and again, just remember when we do these retro reviews, we're going to rate it. As if we're trying to uh, determine whether or not it stands up to current video games. Uh, we're going to try to not be uh, uh, biased. We're not going to. We're going to try to not let nostalgia rule our our review. So we'll start with Joe. Joe, rate this game. I would give this game. See, this is tough because I love this game. The story and gameplay in this game are really amazing but there are definitely some quality of life things that it lacks when you go back to it. Um, I would give this game like an eight. Wow. That's pretty high. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I'm going to give this game Chase, an, eight. an eight. Jason. Okay. Rate this game. I'm not going to be quite as generous as Joe, because even though the story is, is, you know, the, the highlight of this game, it, it is the, definitely the star of this game. The, the game's graphics don't hold up to today. Um, on the PC, I think, uh, you know, high res is like a 1024 by 768 um, is, is the highest res you can go. You may be able to go a little bit higher. But even at that, the, the graphics just aren't that, 
aren't that good. Uh, the UI is a little clunky. This played a lot better with a gamepad than it does with keyboard and mouse. Um, the music is good. The dialogue is good. Uh, I, I'm giving it a six and a half. Huh. Yeah, I'm going to go right in the, well, I don't know if this is right in the middle, but I'm going to give this a seven. I think right in the middle would be a 7.25, Something maybe? Like that, I don't yeah. know. Math, math is hard. Yeah. So 7.25, I agree with everything you both said. This is a, a really great game that gives us a great story. It sets up literally, I mean, this is what made Bioware. So it, it, it's great. It, the story holds up like we've, we've, we've talked about. Uh, the graphics don't hold up. The music holds up. Uh, some of the dialogue doesn't hold up. Uh, some of the mechanics, um, for me anyway, uh, don't really hold up. Like we, we didn't really touch on the, the different classes or the, or the skills and the feats and the powers and all that kind of stuff. Cause you know, we've got another game that we want to talk about and maybe even another game after that, at least touch on. So, uh, yeah, 7.25. I mean, this is still like, if you have, if you've never played Knights of the Old Republic, go play it right now. And we're sorry for spoiling the story for you, but we're not because you should have played this game long before you stumbled across this podcast. Uh, so hot off the heels of this, uh, stellar game, uh, Bioware put out uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2 in 2004. Again, it's developed by Obsidian, still on the Odyssey engine and published by LucasArts. Wait, did Bioware not put out the second one? Nope, that was Obsidian. Nope. How did they? So apparently I've missed this. How did they get the rights? Does anybody know? Like, Because Knights of the Old Republic was so huge. Why would they give Knights of the Old Republic 2 to a different developer i don't get it my guess is because there's only a year between them that it was a development cycle thing wow you this is you wouldn't see this today uh you mean you do you see it with like call of duty right they pump those out of different studios Wait, who, every yeah year. but who plays call of duty why do you play call of duty who so bioware actually suggested that obsidian get knights of the old republic too because they were familiar with their past work and they had a good relationship with them. So this wasn't LucasArts bypassing Bioware. This was Bioware saying, we've probably got too much on our plate. Go ahead and give this to Obsidian. Wow. I, I don't know. That just strikes me as something that you probably wouldn't see today, at least not a whole lot. I mean, it's different. I, I think you still see it, but it's, it's different now because the big names have all acquired all the small studios so they're like internal studios now where that wasn't really a thing uh, in the early 2000s. They were still working on acquiring them all. Um, but you see this now a lot with like Ubisoft in the like 14 internal studios that take turns making Assassin's Creed games so they can pump one out every year. It's sort of that, but before you had them all under one roof. I still think you see it. It's just the landscape of the business has changed a little bit as far as how the studios are owned. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, something like Ubisoft has, you know, Ubisoft France and Montreal and, you know, they have several different development studios all with underneath Ubisoft, but they're different, smaller individual studios. Like EA has Respawn and all, I mean, they have uh, all those studios that they acquired over time and they use them to pump out games every year. All right. Well, that makes sense. Uh, so this, like, we're, the mechanics are about the same as the first game. Like, there wasn't really a whole lot of difference between use these and 
mechanics in the other yeah, one. Yeah, it used the same engine. Yeah, it used the same yeah. engine. They 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 there was some more they added some abilities. Um You did get a uh, a UI update though. Oh, yeah. Yes, a much needed yeah. UI update. Yeah, the UI yeah. was way better. And and Jason had had that under graphics. I, I could see it going either way. To me it was under I had that in my notes under mechanics because it was like an, the interaction was the thing that made it so much better for me. But oh, yeah. I, I think I think it, it made it a lot better. Um right. Yeah. It, need, it was much easier. It was it, yeah, it was much easier to play. I mean, talk about quality of life. Uh that that UI was huge. Yeah, and and, so, and on the graphics front, uh this has a modern resolution available to it as well. So uh the graphics look better. I think the I think the models are are better done. They the the faces don't look weird. The eyes aren't like on the sides of their heads in this one. Um and I think <laughs> and they I, were on the sides of their heads on the other yeah, one, weren't they? they were. Yeah, a little bit. Um I think the faces and elbows were the two places where it made the biggest difference yeah. in the graphics here. And I, I think the I think the lighting and the textures is better on this one too. So I think it looks better. How many times has someone reviewed a game and went yeah, the elbows look a lot better on this one. Man, they were like, they were like all, they're all like, like real right angles and in the wrong spots of people's arms in the first one. That was like the 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 character models. Those were elbows are just driving me nuts. I can't play this game anymore. The elbows, <laughs> the elbows. That didn't bother me that much, but I noticed it was definitely noticeable. Joe's that's an awesome. elbow man. Yeah, apparently that's it, ladies. You wanna you wanna get Joe? Show a little elbow. Uh, the voice acting. We'll talk about that. Like, so we won't. Spoil this story until the very end. Uh, voice acting was really good for the time period. Uh, I st- I didn't have an issue with the voice acting in this one either. Like, no. do, are you both still under the impression that it was hit and miss? Or, I mean, it, it still felt like it was probably about just as good as the first one. I don't think it was. I didn't play anywhere near as much of this, but it still kind of had the same. Feel so it wasn't better, wasn't worse. Yeah, yeah, I think it was about the same. What does it take to get you two to go? Yeah, it was, it was real good. Oh, it takes AC seven level voice <laughs> acting for me to really, I mean, really enjoy a game. <laughs> right. Well, we we both we all agree, right? Like the voice acting in these two games is much better than AC seven. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. AC seven is Ace Combat seven nubs if you don't remember go back and listen to that <laughs> uh the music again was very very good not from the movies again because why would it be it's a different time period things are gonna should be different it should still have that same feel should have the tone uh set as as joe uh, pointed out earlier but it's it's still uh it's familiar enough and different enough to be really really good does that make sense yep okay yes. I agree. i'm pretty sure you got it covered there Shut up. I Spelled that why. right out. <laughs> so much. I really do. God, let's just talk about the story. So you're, uh, you know what? I, you talk about the story, Joe. I don't even want to talk anymore because I don't want to spell <laughs> it right out for anybody. Uh, I think the story, I don't think it was a bad story. It was a good story. But I don't think, I think especially after the high mark set in the first one, the story was the thing that disappointed most people when this game came out. Um. It just doesn't have the same kind of hook or surprise that the first one did. Um, in this one, you play as like the an exile. You know, you are uh, you start the game off. You are on your way to be delivered to the exchange by a bounty hunter with HK fifty. Um, 
And you're saved by a Jedi named Kriya. I'm not really sure how to say that. I don't remember. Kriya. Uh, Kriya. Kriya. There we go. Um, you end up back on the Ebon Hawk. You end up on a, you crash on a mining facility. You escape. You go to Talos Four. So um, I, the Ebon Hawk is kind of like, so Hawk, right? The, the, was the dead giveaway. Right. Falcon, yeah. Hawk. This is, is the, the Ebon Hawk is, the, is the, yeah, it's the, yeah. the, the, it's supposed to be the epic, the iconic ship mm-hmm. for uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. What was the, um, I don't know if either one of you guys remember, what was the name of the ship that was just the Millennium Falcon sideways that Dash Rendar flew? Do you remember? Yeah, that's an Albert no. question. Yeah, that is an right. Albert question for sure. I cannot Albert, remember. listening. Uh, D- anyway. Let me ask you this, but before we, was the Ebon Hawk in Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMO? Anywhere? I don't remember. Does anybody it. remember seeing it? I don't remember. I would it. be surprised if it wasn't, but I haven't played a lot of the DLC from Swotor, so. Yeah, I haven't either. Sadly, that game is trash, but we'll get to that <laughs> hopefully here in just a minute. So, yeah, you, you crash, you escape Talos 4, you find a former. Je- so, this isn't like. It had a lot of similar tones to Knights of the Old Republic, but it, it it kind of followed a similar path, but it was different enough to where, and I think that's kind of where, you know, fans were like, this is just kind of rehashed from, from the other one. It's not nearly as good, but I'm going to, I'm going to be a devil's advocate here and say that this gave us some great characters. Uh, so you run into Atris, a former Jedi council member, you team up, um, <laughs> Avengers assemble because you, Gather the Jedi Masters <laughs> off to Dantooine. Like, which one was which, which one was Tony Stark there, Joe? Uh, I'm not sure who was who. I think we just I think we're going to get sued. I don't think you can mix them like this. <laughs> no, anymore. you can. They're under the same house, Marvel and Disney. Yeah, oh, this is true. Yeah, 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 yeah they, they are in the same house. Disney owns everything. Disney own. They don't own us. Uh, find you find out that lots of people were killed on Malachor. Uh, your force bond has been severed. Uh, they want to make that permanent. The masters do because they hate you because you were in exile. Uh, Kreia is a Sith actually known as Darth Treya, who has an apprentice known as Darth Nihilus. Uh, and uh, yeah, you have to like save the day. I mean, even just listening to you describe it or talking about it, you can hear like, like it's, the con- like, it's like it's a little more <laughs> convoluted. It's not quite as concise and it doesn't. I think ring. the overall story was good. I think. Yeah. I think the execution of the story wasn't as good as the first one. And I think this coming off of the first one, I mean, it was only like a year later that they released this. I think everybody was looking for the twist. And so everybody was expecting that uh, Kreia or or some twist. And then when Kreia turns out to be a Sith and she's been working with you, I mean, she was one of your companions this entire time. It, it just kind of fell flat. It didn't have that punch that the first game's uh, twist had. It yeah, I, felt, I, I would agree with that. It felt like they were trying to capture lightning in a bottle again. Yeah. And it and whenever you try to do that, when you try to recreate the same magic, it always falls flat. You got to stand on your own laurels, and it doesn't feel like that's what they went for. It felt like they went for KOTOR 1 again. Yeah. I mean, M. Light, M. Night Shyamalan tried it several times and fell flat several times. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, we're just now getting like sequels to the the good movies that he put out. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that the, like Darth Trey is a great character, but I think the the star should have been 
Darth Nihilus. Like, does anybody disagree with me that Darth Nihilus should have been the big bad the whole time? Well, I mean... And there should have been another plot twist somewhere else. His face was the one that was, you know, front and center on the cover. So you kind of figured that was going to be the big bad. And, and he's the only one you ever hear anybody talk about out of this game still. Well, there's a reason for that. So uh, I, a group of friends of mine used to, we used to get together and we used to do like what it or who would win in a fight, the Incredible Hulk or Superman. And you'd have to bring a cogent, intelligent argument forward and you would have to convince the people in the group that, you know, Superman would indeed eventually wear down the Hulk. So you just right? listen so, a lot? Anyway, I don't why 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 are you like this to me? I don't even understand. Darth Nihilus was one of these guys that would always get to the very end. He won a couple of tournaments because we would put on like these huge tournaments. And and, and you were making fun of Jason for going to a couple of land parties a year. Uh-huh. Oh well, yeah, but this was recently. This was like in the last 10 years. I'm lucky I get laid by my wife. So what, <laughs> what do I care anymore? Um so Darth Nihilus would make it to 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 the end uh, and won a couple of these these big tournaments that we had just because of how powerful he truly is. And I'll put this in the show notes. This this will probably be the only thing in the show notes, and it's from uh, Star Wars fandom, uh, StarWars.fandom.com, talking about Darth Nihilus. Uh, he is a wound in the Force, more presence than flesh, and in his wake, life dies, sacrificing itself to his hunger. They should have played this aspect of Darth Nihilus up more than they did. This guy should have been nigh unstoppable. He should have been the force, no pun intended, that he should have been and not like, you know, not the big bad. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, he wasn't all that hard to beat. No, no. Now, Darth, Darth Treya was extremely hard oh, to yeah. beat. Oh, my God. I, I threw my controller several times. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they really blew it. I think this was a ton of wasted potential. Yeah, I, I do too. So let's, I, I mean, on that note, on that terrible disappointment, let's rate this game. Joe, what do you rate this game? Mm, I'm going to give this game a six. Jason? So they, they upped the graphics, which I like, but they kind of misstepped on the story. Everything else being equal. I'm going to stay at a 6.5 on this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give this a 6. I, I'm right in, in there with you guys. So let's just, you know, 6.25. Screw it. Right in the middle. <laughs> You're never uh, in the yeah, middle. Yeah, I, I, right. I, 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 I will don't, be in Chicago. I don't knew that was coming. I don't know why you throw softballs oh. for Joe. You almost made you me do did. a spit take. <laughs> i'll try harder uh, yeah don't please don't so th yeah this uh this this story is just if they were going to reboot remake whatever anything from the kotor series redo this one and get it right this time like none of it's canon right so make darth nihilus the big bad i would i would love to see them i mean I don't want to get too much into the, the Star Wars speculation stuff. We're a video game podcast, but there's a lot of talk about uh, some older public stuff coming, maybe. I would love to see them bring some of these story elements from KOTOR and KOTOR 2 into canon, because there are really some great characters here that I feel like 
Darth Revan, Darth yeah. Nihilus. Yeah. That, yeah. Those are the only two that I want to see canonized. Uh, Bastila Shan, uh, or, or what do you, how do you pronounce her name there, Joe? You pr- you pronounced it different than I did. Oh, yeah. I said I'm not, I wasn't really sure what the right way was. I said Bastila. I don't know. Bastila, yeah. I, I put a little Bastila bit of a hard Bastila. eye on that. That's all. I, okay, just stop. Okay, look, you're going to make him do a spit take. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Bastila, I really, I, I like that character. I like the love story between her and Revan and how that developed. So I'm okay with that because I'm also okay with aspects of God help me. Star Wars, the Old Republic, the MMO becoming some of it, not all of it, because it's trash, the dumpster fired. Please don't go play it. Uh, becoming canon, uh, including Satil Shan, their child or great grandchild. One of the two. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, she's super hot. She can stop a lightsaber with her hand. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the emperor, the original emperor, the guy who took out all of the Sith on a planet with the rest of the planet at once. That dude, the guy who turned Revan from Jedi to Darth Revan with a thought, that guy, the guy who held Revan for 300 years, that dude, make that guy canon, not whatever lame crap they've come up with now. But the original emperor from SWOTOR and Knights of the Old Republic, that guy, he needs to be the big bad all the time because he was so powerful. He drained the force off an entire planet at once and just took it, took that life force into himself. And he was nigh eternal. That's the second time I've used the word nigh in a podcast and I don't like it. I'll try not to do it again because it sounds kind of (laughs) dumb. Well, the thing is with the with the original emperor from the old Republic era, if you use that character, as you were describing, I mean, aren't you just creating the uh, the, the, you know, four, five and six just in a four thousand years before four, five and six happen? Like, so if you're going to again. Like do the what if who would win in a fight kind of thing. If you were to take Palpatine, Darth Sidious, and you were going to put him up against the emperor, which is all he was known as, who would win in that fight? Well, I mean, from what you you described, it would be the emperor. He's he's just correct. Way too powerful. And there's only one person who can take down the emperor. Revan. And what made Revan special was he now had the knowledge of the dark side and the light side, and he could wield them both. He wasn't a great Jedi. He was a Jedi, but he had been to the dark side, turned by the emperor. So he was a creation of the emperor. And when he finds his way back through the help of his love, Bastilashan, he can now defeat the emperor. That's where this story should have gone. That's what KOTOR 2 should have been. And Star Wars, the old Republic should have been a continuation of that. So Star Wars, the old Republic, the, the uh, MMO was supposed to be KOTOR 3. Right. And because of the popularity of MMOs, Bioware decided in, in EA, Hey, let's make this a, 
uh, an MMO. Yeah. And it is a dumpster fire. And I like the lore of Star Wars The Old Republic. I don't like the um, the cardio that comes with Star Wars The Old Republic. It's <laughs> nothing but running back and forth across a map. And that, that was what really annoyed me and got me out of that game. Um, I would that, love for them it, to start making games back based in the Old Republic days. I don't want an MMO. I would like, you know, um, I'd like another RPG, um, either single player or a co-op RPG. Those are out there now. Um, I would like other other types of games. I mean, you can make you can make shooters in the Old Republic uh, era. You could you could make fighting games in the Old Republic era. I would like to see them integrate the Old Republic era era again. So that's where I think my greatest hopes are out of uh, Fallen Order. It's not in the Old Republic era, but um, it is a big single-player-only RPG narrative experience. And if it goes really well, and all of these rumors about um, more canon Old Republic-era stuff, especially movies, uh, are true, and we get that coming, um, we could see, we probably will see those Old Republic games start to come back uh, to go along with the movies. Um, so I'm hoping that we see a huge success out of the story driven game that's coming out this year. I hope it's really good and it goes over well and we get more push in that direction. Yeah. Now we're, we're going to be at the, um, the panels for this and for the AR game, the Vader game. And, and we'll, we'll talk about our impressions of that, uh, the next time, uh, when we get back from celebration, well, we'll talk about both of those, but yeah, I, I just want to real quick, I want to go back to, to something that Jason said. I am okay with an MMO. I'm okay with an MMO as long as it's not hot garbage. I'm okay with an MMO as long as you have a well-thought-out end game. I'm okay with an MMO if it's voiced really well, and let's just all be honest, SWOTOR isn't voiced very no, well. No, it's not. No. I'm okay with an, with an MMO if the story stays consistent and you're not constantly for Christ's sake, you, you, you killed Malik or not, uh, Ma, uh, not Malik, uh, Malgus. I mean, the kid, like seriously, you couldn't come up with a different name than Malgus. How close is that to Malik <laughs> Bioware? So you kill Malgus and now he's back. What? So the emperor who was not eternal, and that's the third time I've used it. Somebody hit me. Not you, Joe. In Chicago. Uh, <laughs> I hate you. He, he's dead now. And he was killed in a dumb way. Like, the storytelling in Star Wars The Old Republic is terrible. Yeah, but the... the does I Okay, I'm going to be totally honest. I have not played a ton of the DLC because... That but DLC that's what I'm telling you. It doesn't matter the, the if DLC you have is or still not. coming out. Uh, but right. I believe and, the Sith Emperor comes back in that DLC and is not but dead. It, the, okay. <laughs> what What is this? Is this a soap opera? <laughs> yes. It really no! is. <laughs> it is and it shouldn't be. This is Star Wars. It's not, a, it's not supposed to be a soap opera. It's supposed to be a space opera. <laughs> and instead they have turned it into days of our Jedi lives. And it's <laughs> stupid and it's garbage. And I don't know who's to blame. Because everybody who was on the original SWOTOR team is gone. The guy who wrote uh, KOTOR, gone. He was part of SWOTOR. 
the the head of Bioware, who was around when Kotor's gone, and he was there when Swotor was. All of these people that were involved with it are gone. Rockjaw, community leader, gone. Thank God the guy was a douche. I used to. That's how like that's how Mike Rondo and I knew each other. That's how we met was through a, a Star Wars: The Old Republic uh, podcast community. And Rockjaw hated me, and I, I can't like imagine why. Oh, because I poo pooed <laughs> this game so hard, so hard. I'm still poo pooing this game. How many years later? I tried to get out. They just keep sucking me back in because it's just so terrible. And I had so much potential, so much potential wasted. Listen, like we, we we, we're all very aware that that Star Wars games had a peak and have been on a decline since. And it's been a long time they've been in that decline. And I think um, that's part of the problem is because it's been on the decline for so long. Like we're, we, we get our hopes up and I'm trying I'm, real hard not to get my hopes up. For, I am trying for to Fallen stay. Order. I'm trying to stay reasonable about fallen order i'm excited i don't want to be i don't i don't want to be pessimistic or overly excited but man i'm excited and and i'll, and I'll tell you there are a few reasons why i'm excited and it's respawn has not done me wrong yet i'm always i've been really impressed with everything i've played out of respawn and uh they've got the helm on this so i feel like i can be optimistic on that front um it's a single player narrative experience. It's not going to be some pay to win multiplayer loot box shooter like we've been getting bombarded with. Also, great thing to be excited about. Um, and the writer of this, the writer of the story for this game, is a really accomplished writer and has made some really great stories. Um, you know, the best of all of the Fallout stories to me. It was written by him in New Vegas. That was a great game, and he was in charge of that. Like, I, I, there's a lot, there's a lot behind this that makes me really excited, and, and I'm excited about the era. I'm excited about what they what they have told us about it. Um, I'm, I'm aware of the missteps that have hit Star Wars games in the past ten years, um, maybe even a little bit more. But I am also like. Everything I've heard makes me just feel like there's a ton of upside behind Fallen Order. Well, hopefully this panel is going to shed some more light on this. And we're going to get some gameplay. We're going to get a lot of uh, like a lot of, of meat and potatoes of this game. Yeah, they did say there would be a gameplay reveal, the worldwide gameplay reveal. So I hope yeah, it looks so good. I do, too. Well, I mean, I think it's going to look good. I don't think they're going to go to Star Wars Celebration and have it look like crap. Well, not intentionally, but we've all seen those game releases, those game That's announcements exactly that it. fall flat. <laughs> well, not just that, but we've seen some publishers uh, come out and put 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 a, a, a put a video together that may not be entirely uh, a, an accurate representation right. of the game that comes out at yeah, launch. Yeah, I really hope they don't come out with like a, a pre-rendered graphic reel. I'd like to see some real <laughs> gameplay. And I'd like to see where they're at on this. Um, I, like I said, I'm really excited for this. I really hope this this brings, you know, Star Wars back into games other than the travesty that was Battlefront 2. Um, <laughs> I just... So, here's the, so Janina is going to be there, right? And we all know that I have a thing for Janina. I think that's pretty well known. Janina probably knows. She's pro there's probably a restraining order against me somewhere. I, I, I wasn't aware the that she one had a question thing for Janina. 
Really? That's odd. Everybody <laughs> knows that. Um, the one thing I would want to ask, and no offense to Janina, because she was the, the one shining star in a vast emptiness of space that is Battlefront 2. The one thing I would want to ask is, like, what lessons have you learned from the crap that has been put out with a Star Wars label slapped on it in the last 15 years? Like, what lessons are you taking from all of these failures, including Battlefront 2, including Battlefront, including uh, the, uh, what was the one where the story was just trash, where Vader had uh, uh, an apprentice a secret apprentice and your force powers were just so stupid. Like you could, you were bringing down a, a star destroyer. Oh, the, the, the force unleashed games. That's it. The force unleashed games. Like what, are, what lessons have you taken from this that you you're just going to make sure that you're not, you know, doing the same things. Like that would be the one question that I have. So that's what I want to see answered. I don't know that we'll see that. I don't know if we will or not. I mean, all I will say on respawn's behalf is um, I know, I don't think either one of you played it, but Titanfall 2 has still by far my favorite single player shooter campaign of all time. And it's written and it's so well written and executed that it actually makes you feel things while you're playing it. And uh, I can't say that about any other, I mean, Call of Duty campaigns, sure they're neat, but they don't come close. Same with but Battlefront. this isn't a shooter, is it? No, it's not. But the, I'm talking specifically about the the writing and execution of the story in the campaign, right? Okay, so, but has Respawn done an RPG? Uh, well, while while Titanfall Two sounds like it may have some elements, Titanfall Two has a lot of RPG elements to it. Okay, even though it's but it's person. not. Yeah, so it's um, but it's not an RPG. Have they done an RPG? Because no. I'll tell you who, like, I want to see an RPG, uh, a Star Wars themed RPG in the same vein as uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. In the same vein as, God help me, God of War. That's what I want to see. Big, giant, open world. I think that's what you're going to get. I think that's what this is going to be. Yeah, Respawn, they've got so far three titles to their name. Titanfall, Titanfall 2, and Apex. Yeah, this does not make me... This is this. I I ha, I'm I'm literally losing hope. Like I need Leia to tell me there's always hope, or Padme, and then she can just die of a broken heart because that's that's realistic. But I mean, it looks like a lot of the people that that are with Respawn came from Infinity Ward, and Infinity Ward has some has some clout behind them with the Call of Duty franchise now that is a shooter but some of the stories within some of the call of duties were, were actually pretty good so we'll see so what are the odds then so it sounds like a lot of the people that are involved with the this fallen order have done a lot of first person shooters uh also there i mean also a lot of people who were involved with respawn are from obsidian so they've done a lot of rpgs outside oh, well, of respawn well that's good but what are the odds there's like a first person shooter stretch in this game very slim to none you think slim to none i'm gonna go 75 percent, maybe as high as 80 that they'll put i don't think a so first you're, person you're playing as a, element into an rpg yeah in, into a rpg where you're playing a jedi padawan yes i don't think so yeah i think i think okay. it's unlikely i'm gonna go the under on that yeah i'm gonna go way under on that 
Okay, so we've got one. How how far under, uh, Jason, are you well, going? Well, it doesn't matter. You said 75%. I'm well, going to go under that. I think that, we should have so. a bet. <laughs> I think we should have a bet. I think we should make some sort of wager here on the podcast what we're going to see there in Chicago. I'm going to bring a special cigar for you to smoke when it's not a, uh, a special shooter. <laughs> terrible disappointment. I'm not smoking anything. I'm not putting anything in my mouth that Joe's bringing for me. Just FYI. Uh, if you're going to be in Chicago, uh, I hope we got to see you. We've been talking about it for the last month, month and a half that we were that we were going. Uh, I'm going to be there. Jason's going to be there. Joe's going to be there. Uh, Joe and I are going to be there the whole five days. Jason's going to be there. So I hope we got to see you. And if we did, I hope we made a good impression. And I hope that Joe was a gentleman. Unlikely. I can't. Unlikely. I will be the scholar. Just hoping he can be the gentleman. I don't think either one of those things is going to happen. I hate you so much. Uh, That's it. When we come back from celebration, we'll be talking about some things. I don't know what things, but some things. We'll talk about the Fallen Order. We'll talk about the uh, Vader. And we'll talk about whatever mysterious announcement SWOTOR has. Hopefully, it's that it's ending. I'm Crowley. Srotor's cannon. <laughs> That's Joe. I'm Jason. <laughs> <laughs> just going to ignore me? <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something. All you did was laugh. Good God. You want to do this again? <laughs> what do you, or do you just want to end well, it like this? You just called out Joe, and then you just left me hanging. So I, I just said, I'm Crowley. And then he said something, and I go, that's Joe. And then you laughed. I was, I was waiting for you to say something, and I was going to go, that's Jason. I was waiting for you to say that's Jason, but you just didn't. <laughs> Holy crap, that's the worst ending ever, and I'm leaving it in. We'll, we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Bad Gamers Anonymous is not affiliated with any video game developer or publisher. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the host and not of Earglue Media. And they're probably terrible. Executive producer for Bad Gamers Anonymous is James Dean. Get good, scrubs.